Chip, guess what day it is? Wednesday. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> Darn. Incorrect. 197. <clears throat> Good guess. Wednesday, 197. Yeah. Don't forget, you have a 215 meeting with Larry today. Oh, I won't forget. Yeah, okay. I saw that Good. pop up awesome. too. Good. Yeah. Hey, yeah. day 197. Isaiah 13, 14, 15, and 17. 16. Oh. And 17. Oh, okay. So wow, we're doing 16 in there. Okay. That's a lot. Right. Good. Is it that? That's actually not that bad. No, it's no. Only 30 pages. Isaiah didn't have a lot to say. Just kidding. Oh, it's not that bad. It's good. It's going to be great. It's going to be so good. So we're back in Isaiah, and like I said, man, you can find a different Where's Jesus in every sentence of this book. I mean, it's a very messianic book. You did say that. I did. Well, if I didn't, then I did now. It's on record. It's on record. Okay. Okay, so we're going to just jump in. Jump in. Uh, Yesterday, actually, I forgot to say something yesterday because we were at 25 minutes, but yesterday... That's a huge moment, the the what? exile that took oh. place yesterday, yeah. uh, Assyria coming in and, and really rolling people over. Yeah. That's a big deal, and that's what a lot of these prophets are writing about, between that and Babylon, which we'll come to see, uh, which I think we're about to read about now. So, okay. Isaiah chapter 13. This is a message about Babylon. Isaiah, son of Amos, received this message concerning the destruction of Babylon. Raise a signal flag on a bare hilltop. Call up an army against Babylon. Wave your hand to encourage them as they march into the palaces of the high and mighty. I, the Lord, have dedicated these soldiers for this task. Yes, I have called mighty warriors to express my anger, and they will rejoice when I am excited. Hear the noise on the mountains. Listen as the vast armies march. It is a noise and shouting of many nations. The Lord of Heaven's armies has called this army together. They come from distant countries, from beyond the farthest horizons. They are the Lord's weapons to carry out His anger. With them, He will destroy the whole land. Scream in terror, for the day of the Lord has arrived, the time for the Almighty to destroy. Every arm is paralyzed with fear. Every heart melts, The people and people are terrified. Pangs of anguish grip them like those of a woman in labor. They look helplessly at one another, their faces aflame with fear. For see, the day of the Lord is coming, the terrible day of his fury and fierce anger. The land will be made desolate and all the sinners destroyed with it. The heavens will be black above them, the stars will give no light. The sun will be dark when it rises and the moon will provide no light. I, the Lord, will punish the world for its evil and the wicked for their sin. I will crush the arrogance of the proud and humble the pride of the mighty. I will make people scarcer than gold, more rare than the the fine gold of Ophir. For I will shake the heavens. The earth will move from its place when the Lord of heaven's armies displays his wrath in the day of his fierce anger. Everyone in Babylon will run about like a hunted gazelle, like sheep without a shepherd. They'll try to find their own people and flee to their own land. Anyone who is captured will be cut down, run through with a sword. Their little children will be dashed to death before their eyes. Their homes will be sacked and their wives will be raped. Look, I will stir up the Medes against Babylon. They cannot be tempted by silver or bribed with gold. The attacking armies will shoot down the young men with arrows. They will have no mercy on helpless babies and will show no compassion for children. Babylon, the most glorious of kingdoms, a flower of Chaldean pride, will be devastated like Sodom and Gomorrah when God destroyed them. Babylon will never be inhabited again. It will remain empty for generation after generation. Nomads will refuse to camp there, and shepherds will not bed down their sheep. Desert animals will move into the ruined city, and the houses will be haunted by howling creatures. Owls will live among the ruins, and wild goats will go there to dance. (laughs) 
Hyenas will howl in its fortresses, and jackals will make dens in its luxurious palaces. Babylon's days are numbered. Its time of destruction will soon arrive. A taunt for Babylon's king. Mm. But the Lord will have mercy on the descendants of Jacob. He will choose Israel as his special people once again. He will bring them back to settle once again in their own land. And people from many nations will come and join them there and unite with the people of Israel. The nations of the world will help the people of Israel to return. And those who come to live in the Lord's land will serve them. Those who captured Israel will themselves be captured and Israel will rule over its enemies. In that wonderful day when the Lord gives his people rest from sorrow and fear, from slavery and change, you will taunt the king of Babylon. You will say, The mighty man has been destroyed. Yes, your insolence has ended. For the Lord has crushed your wicked power and broken your evil rule. You struck the people with endless blows of rage and held the nations in your angry grip with unrelenting tyranny. But finally the earth is at rest and quiet. Now it can sing again. Even the trees of the forest, the cypress trees and the cedars of Lebanon, sing out this joyous song. Since you have been cut down, no one will come or come now to cut us down. In the place of the dead, there is excitement over your arrival. The spirits of world leaders and mighty kings long dead stand up to see you. With one voice, they will all cry out, <clears throat> Now you are as weak as we are. Your might and power were buried with you. The sound of the harp in your palace has ceased. Now maggots are your sheet and worms are your blanket. How you are fallen from heaven, O shining star, son of the morning. You've been thrown down to the earth, you who destroyed the nations of the world. For you said to yourself, I will ascend to heaven and set my throne above God's stars. I will preside on the mountain of the gods far away in the north. I will climb to the highest heavens and be like the most high. Instead, you will be brought down to the place of the dead, down to its lowest depths. Everyone there will stare at you and they'll ask, Can this be the one who shook the earth and made the kingdom of the world tremble? Is this the one who destroyed the world and made it into a wasteland? Is this the king who demolished, demolished the world's greatest cities and had no mercy on his prisoners? The kings of the nations lie in stately glory, each in his own tomb. But you'll be thrown out of your grave like a worthless branch, like a corpse trampled underfoot. You'll be dumped into a mass grave with those killed in battle. You will descend to the pit. You will not be given a proper burial. For you have destroyed your nation and slaughtered your people. The descendants of such an evil person will never again receive honor. Kill this man's children. Let them die because of their father's sins. They must not rise and conquer the earth, filling the world with their cities. This is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. I myself have risen against Babylon. I will destroy its children and its children's children, says the Lord. I will make Babylon a desolate place of owls filled with swamps and marshes. I will sweep the land with broom of destruction. I, the Lord of Heaven's armies, have spoken. A message about Assyria. The Lord of Heaven's armies have sworn this oath. It will all happen as I have planned. It will be as I have decided. I will break the Assyrians when they are in Israel. I will trample them on my mountains. My people will no longer be their slaves, nor bow down under their heavy loads. I have a plan for the whole earth, a hand of judgment upon all the nations. The Lord of Heaven's armies has spoken. Who can change his plans when his hand is raised? Who can stop him? A message about Philistia. This message came to me the year King Ahaz died. Do not rejoice, you Philistines, that the rod that struck you is broken, for that king who attacked you is dead. From, for from that snake, a more poisonous snake will be born, a fiery serpent to destroy you. I will feed the poor in my pasture. The needy will lie down in peace. But as for you, I will wipe you out with famine and destroy the few who remain. Wail at the gates. Weep in the cities. Melt with fear, you Philistines. A powerful army comes like smoke from the north. Each soldier rushes forward, eager to fight. What should we tell the Philistine messengers? Tell them, the Lord has built Jerusalem. Its walls give refuge to his oppressed people. Isaiah chapter 15. This is a message about Moab. 
This message came to me concerning Moab. In one night, the town of Ar will be leveled and the city of Kerr will be destroyed. Your people will go to their temple in Dibon to mourn. They will go to the sacred shrines to weep. They will wail for the fate of Nebo and Mediba, shaving their heads in sorrow and cutting off their beards. They will wear burlap as they wander the streets. From every home and public square will come the sound of wailing. The people of Heshbon and Eleah will cry out. Their voices will be heard as far away as Jahaz. The bravest warriors of Moab will cry out in utter terror. They will be helpless with fear. My heart weeps for Moaz. Its people flee to Zor and Eglath Shelishaya. Weeping, they climb the road to Luhith. Their cries of distress can be heard all along the road to Horonayim. Even the waters of Nimrim are dried up. Mm -hmm. The grassy banks are scorched. The tender plants are gone. Nothing green remains. The people grab their possessions and carry them across the the ravine of willows. A cry of distress echoes through the land of Moab from one end to the other, from Eglaim to Beer Elim. The stream near Dibon runs red with blood, but I am still not finished with Dibon. Lions will hunt down the survivors, both those who try to escape and those who remain behind. Isaiah chapter 16. <clears throat> Send lambs from Selah as tribute to the ruler of the lamb. Send them throughout the desert to the mountain of beautiful Zion. The women of Moab were left like homeless birds at the shallow crossings of the Arnon River. Help us, they cry. Defend us against our enemies. Protect us from the relentless attack. Do not betray us now that we have escaped. Let our refugees stay among you. Hide them from our enemies until the terror is past. When oppression and destruction have ended and enemy raiders have disappeared, then God will establish one of David's descendants as king. He will rule with mercy and truth. He will always do what is just and be eager to do what is right. We have heard about pride of Moab, about its pride and arrogance and rage, but all that the boasting has disappeared. The entire land of Moab weeps. Yes, everyone in Moab mourns. For the cakes of raisins from Ker Hereseth, they are all gone now. Oh. Yep. The farms of Heshbon are abandoned. The vineyard of Sibma are deserted. The rulers of the nations have broken down Moab, that beautiful grapevine. Its tendrils spread north as far as the town of Jazer and trailed eastward into the wilderness. Its shoots reached so far west that they crossed over the Dead Sea. So now I weep for Jazer and the vineyards of Sibma. My tears will flow for Heshbon and Elela. There are no more shouts of joy over your summer fruits and harvest. Gone now is the gladness. Gone the joy of harvest. There will be no singing in the vineyards, no more happy shouts, no mm. treading of grapes in the wine presses. Oh. I have ended all their harvest joys. Mm. My heart's cry for Moab is like a lament on a harp. I am filled with anguish for Kir Hareseth, mm-hmm. and the people of Moab will worship at their pagan shrines, but it will do them no good. They will cry to the gods in their temples, but no one will be able to save them. The Lord has already said these things about Moab in the past, but now the Lord says, within three years, counting each day, the Lord of the glory of Moab will be ended. From its great population, only a feeble few will be left alive. Isaiah chapter 17, a message about Damascus and Israel. This message came to me concerning Damascus. Look, the city of Damascus will disappear. Gone. It will become a heap of ruins. The towns of Aror will be deserted. Flocks will graze in the streets and lie down undisturbed, with no one to chase them away. The fortified towns of Israel will also be destroyed, and the royal power of Damascus will end. All that remains of Syria will shake will share the fate of Israel's departed glory, declares the Lord of Heaven's armies. In that day, Israel's glory will grow dim. Its robust body will waste away. The whole land will look like a grain field after the harvesters have gathered the grain. It will be desolate like the fields in the valley of Rephaim after the harvest. 
Only a few of its people will be left, like stray olives left on a tree after the harvest. Mm. Only two or three remain in the highest branches, four or five scattered here and there on the limbs, declares the Lord, the God of Israel. Then at last people will look to their creator and turn their eyes to the Holy One of Israel. They will no longer look to their idols for help or worship what their own hands have made. They will never again bow to their Asherah poles or worship at the pagan shrines they have built. Their largest cities will be like a deserted forest, the land of the Hivites and Amorites abandoned. When Israelites came here so long ago, it will be utterly desolate. Why? Because you've turned from the God who can save you. You've forgotten the rock who can hide you. So may you... So you may plant the finest grapevines and import the most expensive seedlings. They may sprout on the day you set them. Yes, they may blossom on the very morning you plant them, but you will never pick any grapes from them. Your only harvest will be a load of grief and unrelieved pain. Listen, the armies of many nations roar like the roaring of the sea. Hear the thunder of the mighty forces as they rush forward like thundering waves. But though they thunder like breakers on a beach, God will silence them and they will run away. They will flee like chaff scattered by the wind, like a tumbleweed whirling before a storm. In the evening, Israel waits in terror, but by dawn its enemies are dead. This is the just reward of those who plunder us, a fitting end for those who destroy us. Okay. That is the end of our reading. Good old Isaiah. Isaiah. A lot of judgment. A lot of Jesus. A lot of Jesus. A lot of Jesus. Yeah. But a lot of judgment. And a lot of that judgment from Jesus. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. So. Yes. Chip, i got to ask you. Okay. I've been meaning to ask you. Yes. So what? Great question, Eric. Yeah, thanks. So what? So Babylon comes over and takes care of Judah. Babylon takes care of Judah. They besiege it, and then they attack it, destroy it, take people from it. And... And there is a message here that says, The Lord will have mercy on the descendants of Jacob. Um, he'll choose Israel as his special people once again. And, and to me, that just shows, and it says right here, mercy. You know, God brought judgment, and that's what he deserves. Sometimes God brings a boatload of mercy. And that's what we do deserve, but he chooses not to give us gives us that and he throws mercy on us and so he's going to bring the people back he's going to reestablish things and we learn about that later on in readings and it's all because of god's god's mercy um not giving us what we do deserve they weren't totally gone uh, he did bring a brack of remnant remnant because he wanted to provide uh, salvation and in grace and mercy uh, for his people because that's who he is and and so I think it's important to remember that many of you who are listening, you have experienced uh, the grace and mercy of God on many different levels. I think we all have. If we, if we take time just to start, just write them down, you know, um, put them on your phone, write them in a book, put them in a journal, write all the things that God has blessed you with, grace and mercy, and, and then d- don't forget those things. And allow them to motivate you and move you to do things and live in a way that brings honor and glory to him. Because he does that for a reason. Right. And we would don't want to waste it. I think, I'll throw myself there, so many times we waste the grace and mercy of God because we're selfish and we're so inward focused and we don't do anything with it. And I think the more I think about God's grace and mercy in my life, and I know for you, Eric, you've spent a lot of time thinking about that. Mm-hmm. 
it, it just motivates you to get up every day, to get into his word and to preach and proclaim and to do what we're called to do. And whether it's to be preachers or teachers or whatever you're called to do, a coach, uh, you know, you stay at home with your kid, whatever, parent, um, spouse, you know, the mercy and grace of God should just be that fuel to move you forward to do the best you can because he did the best he can for us, which is amazing. He didn't have to do it. Right. So, so true. That's the big one. I love that. And you're right. That is a passion of mine. <clears throat> so where's Jesus in this? Yeah. Well, there comes a time where um, right now we're living in that that dispensation of grace, right? Where there comes a time that, however, that that ends, you know, um, in a in a very immediate sense. When you're dead, it's too late to accept the grace of God, right? It, that's it. You have to accept him in this life. Yeah. Um, but also, talking about history, there's coming a time when Jesus comes back. Yeah. That's it. Yep. Right? And so uh, Isaiah talks about that. When he's back, he's back. That's it. Uh, this is 13, mm -hmm. Isaiah 13. For see, the day of the Lord is coming, a terrible day of his fury and fierce anger. The land will be made desolate, and all the sinners destroyed with it. The heavens will be black above them. The stars will give no light. The sun will be dark when it rises, and the moon will provide no light. I, the Lord, will punish the world for its evil and wicked for their sin. I will crush the arrogance of the proud and humble, humble the pride of the mighty. And so then we flash forward, and Matthew 24, Jesus is talking a lot, a lot about the future and what it's going to look like. He actually quotes this. Hmm. So uh, he says... If someone tells you, look, the Messiah is out in the desert, this talk, he's talking about the end of days, not, not during his ministry. Yeah. Uh, if someone tells you, look, the Messiah is out in the desert, don't bother and go look. Yeah. Or look, he's hiding here. Yeah. Don't believe it. So like those kind of like, oh, this guy, he's, he, this is the Messiah. For as lightning flashes in the east and shines to the west, so it will be when the Son of Man comes. He's talking about the second coming. Yeah. Just as the gathering of vultures shows there is a carcass nearby, so these signs indicate that the end is near. Immediately after the anguish of those days, and then he quotes Isaiah, the sun will be darkened, the moon will give no light, the stars will fall from the sky, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. And at last the sign <clears throat> that the Son of Man is coming will appear in the heavens, and there will be deep mourning among all the peoples of the earth. And we'll see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory, and he will send out his angels with a mighty blast of a trumpet, and they will gather his chosen ones from all over the world, from the farthest ends of the earth and heaven. And so... You know, Isaiah's writing here about this judgment that's coming yeah. <clears throat> with Babylon. But the ultimate fulfillment of that is the second coming of Christ, the ultimate judgment, where he's going to rapture his church and there's going to be a judgment. Yeah. And that's coming. And there's urgency to that. I mean, the reason Jesus taught about that is there's urgency to that. We need to make decisions now yeah. that reflect the reality that he's coming back to judge the living and the dead. Mm-hmm. So that's where Good Jesus point. is in this passage. Good stuff. There you go. Yeah, urgency. Yeah. I love that. There is urgency. Yes, very good. Okay, guys. Good stuff. Hey, thank you for joining us today. Now, please share this with friends and family. Yeah. And keep reading the Bible with us. Do it. Bye-bye.